Are you looking for organic grown CBD products? Well, check out Essentially Yours CBD Spot. The Essentially Yours CBD Spot LLC offers organically grown CBD products. Their passion is to help you become a healthier you naturally, non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan-friendly. So go to www.essentiallyyourcbdspot.com. How do you start your day? You set your tone. You're the master of either a good day or a bad one. You're the master of a terrific week or that of a terrible one. It's all in your mindset. Do you start your day off positively or do you start it off in a dreadful tone? I've shared this personal story several times, how I used to wake up when I worked in an industry that made me extremely unhappy. Every single morning, I'd say to myself that I was stuck. Instead of being blessed to see another day, my mind was set to hopeless. Are you setting a positive tone for each day? How are you setting the tone for your life in general? This is a time where you can think positively. Everything is in your mindset. Right now, I have a wonderful seven-day motivational entitled the Go Love Yourself Daily Crown Jewels, the seven-day motivational. Head over to www.goqueen.com and download your free copy of the seven-day motivational map. You can also go to www.goqueen.com and download the full-color PDF seven-day motivational guide. This guide is also available on Amazon.com. So go ahead, change your mindset, and remember, every single day you can go love yourself and have a winner's mindset. Go queen! Thank you for joining the Go Queen Brand Podcast, The Key Chat. So my name's Rhonda, and I'm doing a new episode today. And I have a TV personality, actress, and comedian and model. And her name is Miss Stephanie Tejada. And she's really funny. Like, she has this really funny video that I suggest you guys go catch. It's WAP. <laughs> so it's, like, really funny. <laughs> and I get her a chance to talk about that. But I want to start off and give her a chance to introduce herself. So how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing good. You did an amazing job at my introduction. I don't know what else I could say. (laughs) (laughs) Let me pat myself on the back. So so let's start off first. I want, before we dive into this funny video, and I was going to ask you some other questions about your background, just like start off from the beginning, like, you know, what were your roots like? Where did you get started? I know you were born in Florida because I did read over your bio. You're raised in the Bronx. So like, what were your little roots? Let's tell us about little Stephanie, you know, like, did you just start out the gate, you know, making people laugh? Like, just tell us about like, where where you got started. Yeah, I'll definitely say little Stephanie, it's always I've always been uh, doing the impressions and the voices and cracking jokes. And I've always been that person since I was a little kid. I didn't think I was going to be a comedian when I was a little kid. And just being this way, it was just who I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it was always in my heart to do comedy. Um, I would say my first gig in the entertainment industry was modeling. I did modeling for a while. Um, I got to host a local Manhattan TV show called Signature Hits TV, where we would kind of do like the e-news thing. We would go to like celebrity events and I would like interview celebrities and do the red carpet thing. So that was cool. Um, From there, I did some go-go dancing for like seven years of my life. I was the party starter officially. Okay. Um, (laughs) And then I got picked up for, you know, a really iconic reality show about women empowerment and beautiful women coming together to help each other, to support each other called the Bad Girls Club. (laughs) 
and from there uh i kind of just i got I, I i feel like i found my purpose after that i feel like okay comedy i moved to california started doing comedy and i feel like that's what i'm supposed to be doing because it's just been like like rocket like take off like it's just going so good so i'm very excited that's so, me. <laughs> wow. So, so you said you started off doing impersonations. So, what made you start doing that? Like, and who were like some of the favorite people you liked to impersonate when you were younger? You know, it's I have no idea why I did. I really just I just liked it. Um, I used to do cartoons. Like, I would do like Bugs Bunny. I remember my dad. He would be like at the dinner table. We'd have like family dinners, and he would be like, "Do the impression of the pastor," because I would like to do the uh, pastor from to America when he's wow a big speech about the lord being good and gilligan's i I would do like the whole speech like just imagine like a five-year-old child just like word for word verbatim (laughs) family gathering and my dad's like do it do the thing (laughs) so did you have any other people in your family that were like really funny you know that just kind of made everybody laugh during family events or things like that Or, or did you hold the crown for that I feel like my dad is definitely like the open comic. Like he's always cracking jokes and he's always been like that. Uh, my mom is naturally goofy. Like she is, she is a personality and a half, but it's just who she is too. And then I got a lot of crazy relatives. So I just been inspired by just everybody, I think. <laughs> wow. So I know fast forward, you mentioned getting on the bad girls club. So just how did that start like what like how did you get booked on that and did you think prior like hey you know I want to get on a reality tv show Uh, is it something that just kind of fell in your lap to get on there bad girls club was something that I knew about growing up because my mom and my aunts used to watch it and I remember being too young they were like you can't watch this stuff you can't watch it you can't watch it me and my cousins will watch it anyway and it was just a show that we really liked I don't know what it was about it I think it was just like it was the first show where it was like just all girls, you know? It wasn't even about the the fights or any it was just like, yo, this is a house with all girls. This is the perfect like reality show. So we just always had a love for it. And then um I knew I was gonna be on that show eventually. I always said it. But I had auditioned like I think it was two years before the one I got picked. Mm-hmm. It was like season. And I remember I got a call back and I was doing the Skype interview with them and that you know, I was in Florida at the time. And there was a hurricane and literally all the power went out in the middle of my scalp. I was about to go. I remember I was like, okay, I'll be right back. I changed, came back. I was like, okay. And then, bah, power outage. I was like, no. And then I knew, I was like, well, that's that. Because there's hundreds of girls who want to do this, you know? So I was like, that's that. And then um, two years later, they contacted me for the social media season. Um, I guess they were doing things a little different since it was based on social media. They were kind of like scouting for us. And um, I guess they still have my contact. They saw my social media and that's, that was that. Wow. So what was that experience like being on there and being around, you know, the other women, obviously, like, did you guys get along? Like, how did that go? It was, it was, first of all, it was like, I'm really here right now. Like that was crazy. And it was surreal. Like every day waking up to a camera, like in my face, I'm like, y'all need the shot. You don't need the shot of me drooling in my bonnet right now. Like you don't need this. Why are we doing this? (laughs) So getting used to that was a lot. Um, as far as the girls, I'm really cool. I don't really like beef with people. So it might be like little petty things, like just living with people in general. Like, oh my gosh, like this thing is disgusting. Like somebody left the pad in the trash. Like, you know, dumb stuff like that. But I really didn't have too much like harbored hatred or like <laughs> anger towards anybody. Just like little like, I don't know, like basic roommate, like bickers, you know? 
Right. Okay. Okay. Now with the Bad Girls Club, I know you mentioned that you really kind of dived into stand-up comedy. Was that afterwards, after being on the show? Did that kind of spark you to want to get on the stage, though, to tell jokes? Or was it prior? So it's almost like Bad Girls Club kind of set me up for this because since it was, the season was based on social media, they were kind of trying to make everybody, I don't know if you saw my season, but basically they were trying to have us all work on whatever our niche was so like anybody who did music was like in a recording session and they actually got to work on their music and perform at open mics so for my thing they had me prank the girls um in an improv class they thought they were just getting taught an improv class and then I'm like haha I'm the new bitch (laughs) (laughs) and then and then from there, it's really, it's so funny how like the world works and how things work out. We did a, uh, they wanted to do a roast. So like we roasted each other. So they brought in this comedian, shout out to Alex Hooper. He actually was just on America's Got Talent. Uh, wow. <laughs> this thing on there. Um, so we did a roast. So they kind of pushed me into that aspect of comedy. I was never like, oh, I'm going to do improv and do stand up and do roast. Like that was never my plan. So they kind of. They pushed me in that direction, I guess, because I was known for like videos, impressions, characters, but there's not like venues where I could be like, hey guys, this is my impression of, you know what I mean? So they had to like think outside the box for me, which was really cool because it, it took me to a place that I wasn't even like, I never thought I'd be. So I was like, oh, I'm doing a roast and I'm killing it right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. and, then, and then it's so great because when I moved to California and got into comedy, I did my first roast battle at the comedy store and Jeffrey Ross and all these amazing comedians were judging and Alex Hooper was there and he was the same guy who was the one who taught us in the bad girls club to structure a roast. And he saw me, he was like, my favorite bad girl was like, Oh my gosh, you're here in my actual first roast. And you're like, you're like my sensei, like my sensei of like roast Uh battles. (laughs) So crazy. So, okay, now we know, and I've seen Jeff Ross on like those little battle shows on Comedy Central, which I thought was really funny. And ironically, he was actually one of the hosts when I saw Chris Rock, I want to say two, three years ago at the Sanger Theater in New Orleans. And actually one of the opening acts got booed off the stage. Like New Orleans is not like a good crowd if you're not gonna like if you're not gonna kill it so that was kind of awkward but you know that's a whole different story that we could probably discuss <laughs> outside of recording and I've seen him on television so I'm like I don't think I'm gonna blast his name but he he got booed off the stage like big time like he was one of the opening acts when Chris Rock came and I was like oh wow this is like rough you know but speaking of like just describe how is that you know joining you know stand-up comedian like the stand-up comedian world because I like I said I've personally seen someone get booed off the stage like they didn't give him a freaking chance you know so what challenges are there just getting on that stage you know and because I mean you're kind of like relying on the audience right like when you're telling your jokes make sure they're kind and if they're receptive to your comedy like describe how that is It's the most vulnerable situation I think anybody can ever put themselves in because, like you said, you don't know how this crowd is going to react. You can always try to assess a crowd. Like, that's one of the things I know, like, not to say it like that, but an urban crowd, you're going to hit different jokes versus the rich, ritzy crowd from Beverly Hills. It's just it's going to be a different take. Mm. So assessing your crowd before you get on stage is really good. But even then, you know, I haven't really been like booed or heckled more than once. I had one guy, he was just drunk. He didn't even give me 
It's like he was already booing everybody. He was already just fed up. So I feel like most of the times in those situations, it's just some arrogant drunk person. It's not a lot of people who are just like, boo, you suck, like for no reason. You know what I mean? Right. So personally, I've only been in that situation once and it was just a drunk old man. I felt like I was at the damn Apollo. I was like, oh, shit, they about to see that dancing. So, so like I said, I know you said you only had that one situation, but how did you handle it? Did you kind of like snap back at him or did you just ignore him? I kind of snapped back and then got off the stage because it was just so rowdy at that point that I was like, all right, I'm not even going to just entertain this. I was like, I did my little intro. They liked it. People were mad at him, too. I remember people were cursing him out like, hey, give her a chance. She's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) Wow. So uh, I basically like roasted him. I I remember I just kind of looked at him and assessed him. And I was like, man, you just mad because they booed you off the reboot of Sanford and Son or something (laughs) like that. And then I told him that, you know, if he's so upset, maybe he should come up here and tell Joe's, hey, like, don't come in J-Lo. And I was like, wow. So I just just kind of asked the host of the show what I should do. And at that point, they had ended the show because it was just like that guy, he had ruined it. He like ruined the entire. I'm telling you, he was booing everybody. Like before we even had a chance, it was just wasted old man. Wow. So, as a female comedian, do you feel like there's like different like barriers that you kind of have to overcome as a female comedian as opposed to your male counterparts? Oh, definitely. I feel like comedy is dominated by you know it's a male dominated industry. It definitely there's not nearly half as many female comedians as there are male comedians. Um, so there, there's that, you know, you always get the stigma, especially if you're like an attractive female. I don't know what it is, but if you like a little cute, like I'm talking about, you could be a, a four mm-hmm. and, and you try to do comedy, they'll be like, mm, pretty girl just trying, to, just trying to do something with herself. Ooh, she's not going to be funny. And then, and then they're like, oh shit, you killed it. So you have a lot of just kind of like stereotypes that you got to deal with. Like, oh, the pretty girls aren't funny. Pretty girls are never funny. Da, da, da. So and then you also, but like, honestly, it works to my advantage because they're like, oh, yeah, would you like to be on the show? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, you know, because they want to just work with you. So, you know, you know how men are. Right. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, yeah, they look at looks. We know power. that. <laughs> it's a power. Pussy power is real, y'all. You got to use it. So I'll be like, okay, you think I'm cute? Book me on your show. And that's that. That's mm-hmm. that. There it is. <laughs> now, is it like a double edged sword, though? Because, like, I find that, like, for attractive women, it's like it's an advantage but then sometimes people kind of like you know sometimes they may get kind of overly you know fresh or whatever you know so like is it like a double-edged sword do you have to like sometimes tell people like hey back off like you know like don't you know cross the line with me do you ever have those type of moments where some men have just gotten like really out of control and they just kind of take it too far and make things awkward not really with comedy I haven't had anyone like you know like tried anything on me you know they always try to be like oh so you're so pretty what's up with you maybe we could write together like, first of all i write my own jokes sir and <laughs> second of all no i have a man so i ain't gonna be writing nothing with you uh, <laughs> so I, i'm always like quick to put people in their place i'm very like i'm i guess bitchy but it you have to be you got to be dominant you gotta let them know you could be nice okay but now i'm here i already got booked so let me tell you what's really up <laughs> right right who are like some of your i'm sorry where like someone like you know touched me or trying to get physical or like anything beyond like just 
simply asking, inquiring. <laughs> That's good. And it's sad that like I even have to think to ask that. But you know, like you hear these stories sometimes and like you hear like people from the, you know, like actresses and they'll make bring up something that happened like years ago and you're like, damn, you know, someone's oh. really that bad. You know, it's like and it's like really shocking. So that's good I to know that they're behaving themselves. Yeah, definitely. When I worked in the nightclubs and I was a go-go dancer, you know, a little bit more than not, that would happen. But it was never like really from employers, just kind of like drunk people at the club because it's the club. So, but I'm crazy. I would have like pepper spray in my dance boot. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we always had security and stuff. So it was never like a dangerous situation, but I definitely dealt with it more than when I was modeling versus like now doing comedy. So when you decided to go into stand-up, were there, like, any particular, you know, stand-up comedians that really influenced you? And I know, like you mentioned, like, and it is true, like, the comedy world really is dominated by men. I mean, when you see, like, the major comedic stars, I mean, you really, I was trying to think of some females, like, before I set up this interview, and I was like, um, Melissa McCarthy, you know, I couldn't, like, really, like, think of, like, a list of, like, huge stars, you know, I mean, I know, like, Tiffany Haddish broke out with girls mm-hmm. trip but even after that point i think she got kind of stagnant and yeah. people started like oh well she's not really funny she's not really a stand comedian i felt like she was dealing with that a lot afterwards and i really just couldn't think of like okay the major female you know comedic star but the male kind of parts is like okay kevin hart you know it's like so many people that just stopped came off the top of my head or whatever so who do you think like really like inspired you or you just kind of watched and said hey you know I could do that or you know they kind of you know hype me up to get on that stage too like were there any particular comedians that you you know really kind of felt inspired by you know it's sad to say but as far as the females like you said there's not really too many um I definitely love the queens of comedy and I think that's where my comedy the new queen of comedy from because they were just like the female comedian like lineup I've seen it they had like Mo they had Andel like they had so many good people so, but my favorites are Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I love him. I just, his storytelling methods is, is how I aspire to be. Like, if you ever see my stand-up, you'll be like, there's no way this really happened. But the way I'm telling it is like, it really happened. And you're like, but there's no way. And that's what Dave Chappelle does. He makes you think, did he get held up by a guy on the bus who was trying to jerk off on the bus? Did that really happen? <laughs> you know, his stories are so compelling. So Dave Chappelle definitely is one who inspires me as far as my storytelling um he hasn't done stand-up in forever but i absolutely love eddie murphy and i wish that he would do more stand-up again and i think he was so amazing um i really you know he's not that like he's not very liked right now the cancel culture kind of came from him for some uh underage supposed story anyway but chris d'elia i love chris d'elia because he doesn't give two shits what anybody thinks he's just on there having fun and he says anything he doesn't care if he offends you he'll like I just I love he's like real comedy like he just goes there and he just he's unapologetic about it and that's that's where I go so those are my my three like favorites yeah and I have a few years on you it's like when I was a kid like Eddie Murphy was like everything because you know I mean especially when I was coming up like first of all they didn't really have any many black comedians on tv anyway and you know he was on saturday night live it was like wow and then you know when he came up with delirious and raw like that was unheard of like who did you really see people going to the actual movie theater as a comedian you know to see like a comedy set you know so obviously he's a big deal richard Pryor, red fox of course 
as far as like the female counterparts, which like, it's just such a shame that we really gotta like gee, think hard. You know, have the queens of comedy, but even then, that wasn't like as big as the kings of comedy. Like, are there any other like you know female comedy comedians that you thought of like prior that was you know as you kind of watched and had like a little blueprint? Like, okay, I wouldn't mind following their career, or you know, did they have any any female comedians that had some level of an influence over you? Yeah, I really like Monique and uh, Samore. Uh, also, you know, she's new, but I just think like she, I think she's gonna blow up. I think funny Ada, Ada Rodriguez is absolutely hilarious. Um, she just reminds me of my cousins, like just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> August Matt. I don't know, she's so relatable to me. Um, but yeah, Angela Johnson's really fun too. I mean, I haven't seen too much of her actual stand-up, probably seen like two of her shows. But I like how she incorporates her voices and her characters into her stand-up as well. So, yeah. I just wish that things were a little different. Because I know like, for example, Deaf Comedy Jam had like their little, um, their anniversary thing last year or whatever. And they were bringing out like a lot of old comics. And a lot of the females they brought out, I was like, wow, I haven't seen this chick since Deaf Comedy Jam. You know, <laughs> it was just like really weird. I'm like, even I think some female comedians, at least from the ones I was seeing then, it seems like they probably, they're just on the road a lot. They just didn't reach that level of fame, which is a shame, you know what I'm saying? Because they're obviously really talented. What other obstacles do you think this, let's say someone is will listen to this, okay, and they're, they want to be a comedian, you know, they're female, they're really funny or whatever but they don't necessarily know how to start. What do you think are just some of the typical things that the average female comedian would have to deal with where they're, where they're, you know, when they're trying to get their start? Um, one of the things that I tell all comedians, you know, is like, you have to have some. So even me, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any like stand up experience, but I was like, this is some of the comedy stuff I'm into. This is just an opportunity. I'm trying to get into it. So if you're just like starting off, don't be scared to start off. You know what I mean? Um, you got to reach out to people. Don't expect people to just book you because you want Instagram. That is not going to happen. No matter how many <laughs> followers you have, you have to make the first move. You have to reach out first and um, hit as many open mics as you can. Don't be scared to get out there. It may go well, may not, but you're going to learn from each show. Every time you get on that stage is an opportunity to grow. And I'm glad you actually mentioned IG. So do you feel that um, social media is like a good thing now for comedians? Because I mean, we know like there's like a set of some people who they kind of started their career off, you know, doing like the little videos on IG, you know, like I could think of probably like Just Hilarious and a few other that comes to the top of my head that, you know, they were doing the little videos and then they ended up on television shows, things like that. So do mm -hmm. you think social media and IG is like a really, really good thing now for um, new comics? Like that's another platform for them to get their art out? Yeah, I think you should be using like everything, like every, every social media platform that you can get on, you should be on. Social media is the new billboard. It's the new radio commercial. It's the new TV commercial. You have to be on social media. It's a different generation. People are doing things different and we have to adapt. And you think about it. When's the last time you heard the radio and was like listening to the commercials and wrote somebody's phone number down to actually buy something and do something? Like right. people don't do that no more. Right. So you got to get with the times. And social media is one of those things that, you know, if you know how to use and you utilize these tools, they will help you very much. Right. A following is honestly more likely to get you a lead than actual talent. And it's sad to say that, but that's where we're at now. It's like, 
how many people can you bring to watch the show? Okay, maybe you're not as good as an actor, but you can get us more views. So like, it's different now. And you really have to consider that. That is true. I mean, social media is like, it's taken off. And I definitely think that I know some people don't like social media and like you mentioned it could kind of open a playing floor for people who may not be talented but hey you know you got to get in there where you how you can fit in (laughs) so like I think social media has been pretty cool so speaking of social media and I know I mentioned it a few times so you sent me this funny video the other day (laughs) so obviously WAP (laughs) is the big thing but (laughs) Break down for people who are listening, okay, how you took on WAP. Because I know a lot of people have been taking that acronym and doing different things with it. But you did a funny twist on it. So can you please tell people who are going to listen to this who Mm -hmm. haven't caught the video yet, which I plan to repost it, but I want to wait until I release the podcast episode. But tell people your take on WAP, what you did with it. So it wasn't just me, um, you know, (laughs) COVID and stuff. You know, there's not really a lot of to like stand up and do live shows so we started this little sketch group where we like kind of just throw ideas and like see who wants to film today and the first sketch that somebody suggested was a WAP parody and we were just throwing different things out and we finally decided Wise Ash Pusher was going to be the name of the song and it was going to be for the grandmas for the old ladies for all the wisdom for all the people with class for all the people who waited till he did put a ring on it it was just going to be that old school (laughs) way of thinking like how people thought in like the 1950s you know what I mean like how your grandma thinks that's what I feel like I even looked like my grandmother in this video so I just feel like it was inspired by everybody's grandma uh shout out to Grace Aubrey shout out to Kermara uh Car the Comic Joanne Thompson Jacqueline Passara for being part of it and we just did our thing we just we basically just took old lady stereotypes and made it into an amazing parody rap song and we killed the flow my girl Janae killed her Megan Thee Stallion flow. I wrote it out. She wrote some stuff. We was in there. Okay. All right. It's a bar. Let's go. <laughs> that is so funny. So you guys heard it. If y'all want to hear the wise ass pussy version, definitely. And before the episode's over, she's going to give you guys some file information, but you heard it. <laughs> she has the other take on it. So if you can imagine your grandma or your mama talking about some wise ass pussy, I suggest you go <laughs> to Stephanie's page. <laughs> we twerking it, the we got the depends on and we twerking, we busting the splits. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So I know like obviously you mentioned like clearly you write comedy too. So let's say that you had like, let's say somebody came to me tomorrow and they're like, okay, Stephanie, I want you to give me your top five dream list of someone that you could either A, collaborate with or write with, or even starring something with? Who would be, like, your top five? And that's kind of throwback, like, a shout-out to Chris Rock, because he had that movie Top Five, which a lot of people didn't watch. But, you know, hey, he had that movie Top Five, where that was a big thing. So who would be your top five? My top five, I would want to do stand-up. I would love to, like, if Dave Chappelle was like, oh, I need a a comedian to open up for me, I would open up for him and do three minutes and be ecstatic. I just want to work with him. (laughs) Let me do one joke, Dave! Dave Chappelle, for sure. I would love to work with him on stand-up. I would love to be in a Kevin Hart movie. Uh, Jim Carrey, anything with Jim Carrey. He he doesn't do stand-up, but he is, like, the best. He's my favorite comedian of all time, and Lucille Ball. Dead or alive, I love Lucille Ball. Um, I would want to work with Ada Rodriguez just because I feel like she's a Latina in comedy coming up, like me. 
And I think we could do some amazing things together for our Latin community. Um, I would like to do more stand up with Chris D'Elia. I want to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> we all want to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Joe? Let's just talk. Let's like, get high and just talk to him. <laughs> right. I think everybody wants to get on that show. <laughs> yeah. Theo Vaughn. I absolutely love Kristen Wiig. I want to be on Saturday Night Live, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. That's I feel like that's five. How is and speaking of Saturday Night Live, that kind of just dawned on me because like I'm one of those people that like watch Saturday Night Live. I've been watching Saturday Night Live since like for freaking ever. And mm-hmm. I know like with COVID, and the funny thing is like when COVID happened and it was, you know, everything was stopping and blah blah blah. And then they mentioned, oh, Saturday Night Live has to shut down. It never dawned on me. I'm like, oh duh, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh man, you know, like I just never thought about it. So when they started doing, you know, the little Saturday Night Live at home that was like super funny and it was real clever like so I got to give them 100% props because that was really cool you know for the Saturday Night Live fans so did COVID affect you know your career at any level like what's happening now like with stand-up are they still having comedy shows at comedy clubs like you know like did that affect anything for you girl yes the last time I did a live show was at the Ontario Improv March 10th and we are now September 4th. So it's been like, what, seven months? <laughs> Damn. Are yeah. they doing, I mean, are there any virtual opportunities at all? Like, I've seen a few comedians try to, you know, incorporate some virtual things. Like, is anything like that happening for you? Yeah, I'm doing the virtual shows. I've done a few Zoom shows. Um, some, you know, like people do like their own events where they have these private links. I've done stuff like that. I also started OnlyFans to do my own weekly stand-up show just to kind of keep me sharp so I don't lose my touch. So you can go on my OnlyFans and I do like stand-up every week on there. <laughs> and um, I booked some outdoor shows now that things are kind of slowing down for next month. Uh, actually, I have one next week, but it's outside and you have to wear a mask. So I'm not really comfortable just doing normal shows where, you know, people aren't taking precaution. I'm just I'm one of those people who wears a mask and I got hand sanitizer in my purse, in my pocket, in my car. <laughs> uh, so I'm personally not comfortable doing regular live shows where, like I said, they're not taking precautions. Right now I'm doing a Zoom thing and starting to book outdoor events. So but it sucks it's been bad (laughs) this is absolutely crazy like (laughs) it really is so what are your future plans I mean I know obviously COVID is just like absolutely nuts and it's affected so many people on so many levels that do like creative things like that but like do you have any like what's your future plans like you know any writing things you know lined up or just anything that maybe once COVID is over, you know, like, are there any other things that maybe you, you, that you have like a huge, you know, thing on your list that's going to take place maybe after this is over with, you know, like, so what's in the future for you? Yeah. Um, well, right now I do, I'm part of a stand-up special on Damon Dash Network. That's something that you guys can see on his network. Uh, it's called the Comedy Parlor Quarantine Edition. Uh, so that's one thing. As far as the future after COVID, I feel like I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'll be doing live stand-up again. Um, my friend Jacqueline keeps pushing me into more writing. She's just like, you're so good. She's like, you can write, you can write. You know, I actually uh, submitted for a sketch comedy show to be a writer. So we'll see about that. And um, my store, The Queen's Closet Shop, is 
you know, doing really good. We actually have our first pop-up event. Um, hopefully, if COVID doesn't get worse again, because it's supposed to happen in August. Oh. September, now October. So it just keeps getting pushed back. But it's my first pop-up for my store, so I'm excited about that. Um, besides that, I believe I will be touring. Um, that's in the works, doing an all-female comedy tour. Um, it just kind of depends on what happens with this. You know, I don't really have dates and stuff solidified. I know my future plans are to continue to just be a comedian, get into more acting, continue to grow my store and my brand. I do want to uh, do my shelter and my Laughter Heals All charity, which is basically it's basically going to be a shelter where like you can have people. But like, you know how most shelters, they you can't bring animals. So a lot of people have to like abandon their dogs and their cats. And it's just so sad. And I'm an animal lover. So I'm like, I want to create a shelter where people can be like, I'm homeless, but I dog and we have like kennels and like places and we can keep your animals too so you don't have to like get rid of your animals animals are like family and uh, I want to offer medicine and vaccinations we're going to have like job programs like already like working with us so that we can get these people actual employment and help them really make a difference like no not just in any shelter shelters are amazing they do so much to help people but they're not making a change. I want to make a change where like we actually help this this homeless man get clean. We give him a haircut, put him in a suit and send him off to a job interview. Like here, here's we already have people who are looking to hire people and they know the situation. They know it's going to be, you know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to doing that for sure. That's in my five year plan. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. So one other thing I noticed when I was going through your bio, you mentioned that Audrey Hepburn actually you know there's some quotes of hers that you like can you like elaborate on that so because I know like she's definitely not a comedian but way has she influenced you I think Audrey Hepburn is is so um she's just one of those people who like I said I look up to she's unapologetically herself um every Audrey Hepburn movie I don't know just touched my soul I just think her heart is so like she's such a good person she was such a good person. She was always so helpful and so sweet and so patient and just her demeanor and how she like is. She was like royalty to me. I was like, wow, such grace, you know? <laughs> and what was the favorite quote? I know you had a favorite quote. Do you want to share it? I don't even remember the damn quote, to be honest. I haven't updated Man, I should have memorized your bio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what? so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Well, I can pull out the laptop, uh, but I, you know, I was like, okay, let me see if you wanted the quoter, but because I love Audrey Hepburn too, though, so I, I know that famous um, picture too, like when she has a cigarette from Breakfast from Tiffany's, but actually, let me pull it up. Let me help you. So, and I'm half blind, so let me see what the quote was. <laughs> okay, so it was nothing is impossible. The world itself says I'm possible. So. I think that's a good thing to share with people in general, just to inspire everybody. You know, we mentioned Audrey Hepburn and how she influenced you. Do you ever have any aspirations to maybe in the future do anything like dramatic? If you had a chance to do any type of dramatic roles, or are you like strictly, you know, like you just like to make people laugh? It would have to be the right role. Like, you know, I did audition to be Selena in the Netflix reboot that they're doing. Um, and that was hard because I didn't, I've never been like trained as an actor or actress really, but I went on YouTube for like that whole weekend 
and I learned how to cry on cue and I killed my audition, even though I didn't get casted. Um, so if it was the right opportunity, I would definitely jump on it. I'm a person who just, I, I'll try it. I don't, I don't really say no, unless it's like dangerous to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a very outgoing person. And I just have this like crazy belief in myself. Like everything I try, I'm great at. And I just, I, I believe that. So I feel like if I really wanted the role and I, and I thought it was a good role, I would go for it. Hey, that's the best way to think. Trust me. I mean, <laughs> that's the best way to think to have that confidence. So if there was like, okay, so if you had to think of like, what's your favorite movie that, what's your go-to movie to laugh? Like, you know, like if you have like the worst freaking day ever and you just know if you throw on this movie, it's going to just bust a gut. Like what's your go-to funny movie? Coming to America. Easy. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. But- I can watch that movie like a billion times. I think I can, I think- watch, I can watch that one in Trading Places too, actually. Oh, I do like Trading Places. But Coming to America, I don't know. It just, it doesn't get old. I know every line, every word. Like, I just, I love it. It doesn't get old. My, you know, it's so funny. My mom was watching that movie in the theaters and she had contractions <gasps> to give birth to me. And now that's my favorite movie. Isn't that wild? Wow. That's a true. See, that's that Eddie connection then. So <laughs> that says a lot. That's like when he had hosted Saturday Night Live in December, and I know that was like a big deal. And when he just started doing those old characters, I was like, this is so special. <laughs> and I felt like such an old geezer because I was trying to explain it to my kids, like how iconic this was. And they were like, huh? You know, just like, gosh, I need more adult friends. You know, it's like they were just like, whatever. Like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you're always, oh, well, when I was a kid, this was funny. You know, like, you know, kids, my dad. right. Like, they get really tired of hearing that. But my kids actually do like coming to America too. So I think, you know, I can give myself a gold, a good, a gold star for motherhood, at least, you know, introducing coming to America to them. But that is a funny movie. So there's so many classic, like, lines and characters and, even the bloopers, oh man, so good, right? And it's just no one. I don't think anyone really does like a lot of those characters in like one movie as much as he did. I mean, I know Tyler Perry will do like what Madeira and a little uncle, but like Eddie was playing every freaking body in that one. Nutty Professor, like that was his thing. So I don't think anyone's really, you know, cornered that since him, pretty much. Right, Marlon Wayans just did something. I forgot. What oh was. yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> sex tuplets or whatever it was called for Netflix. Yeah, he did do a ton of characters. So that is. And I'm like, okay, this is cool because that's what I do. If you see my stuff, I all kinds of characters. <laughs> so that's inspiration for you. So let's say you had to do like your dream script, and you were gonna do something similar. Okay, like with a bunch of like if you want to throw in all your characters in a movie like what would be the setup like if you got the chance to do something like that it would have to be like they're just a crazy family they would just it would they would have to live together somehow and be involved and maybe david lane the magician is like the the loser brother of rochetta <laughs> and then connie the crackhead is that one aunt who just is always you know down then you got the old spanish mom you got let's see all the <laughs> celebrity impersonations <laughs> Yeah, I have um, I have my new '50s jazz singer Rita Sinclair. She's on OnlyFans, but I'm gonna start bringing her out because people like her a lot. <laughs> so, who is your favorite character to play? I love Rachetta. Everybody loves Rachetta. I love Rachetta. Um, she's just inspired by that stuff that like 
I don't know. I don't know if like you have hoe friends or like. <laughs> Trust me, there. <laughs> I definitely have some. Yeah. So just give us the give us like give us everything about that character. So, Racheta is inspired by my hoe friends. Um, <laughs> my my uh, the inner hoe tendencies that every woman has, but we won't fulfill. Like I know we've all thought about getting flued out once. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, we've all thought about it. Uh, some of us don't do it. Rachetta does it. She goes there. And she's she's inspired by a lot of girls that I'm not working in the nightclubs and stuff, honestly. <laughs> so Rachetta is like basically our whole, our, 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 our whole goals, basically. <laughs> she's the whole friend. She's that, that, that whole aggressive insurance policy. The one who gets free bottles and stuff. <laughs> That is hilarious. So I know, like you said, you have the queen store on your site. So the way I've been ending all the podcast episodes, and we are going to make sure everyone gets all your content information. But I've been rounding out episodes asking people to give me the definition of a queen. So I'm thinking, like, should I spin yours a little bit? Like, <laughs> like, can you give me a definition of a funny queen? <laughs> can you give me that definition? <laughs> well, I go by the new queen of comedy because I just feel like I'm going to take over this. Um, and a queen in general is someone who is true to themselves, cares about others, um, but doesn't care enough to change who they are. <laughs> mm. And she's a boss. She can handle stuff on her own. She got it. You know? I like That's that. A- and I'm happy you didn't give me like the polite queen. And I'm not knocking anybody else I've asked this question to. But you know, but I'm happy that you threw that in there. Like, you know, like, yeah, like you can be a queen and like look out for yourself. So I'm so happy <laughs> that you said that. So I really enjoyed this. It was super funny. But I want you to make sure that you give everybody all your information, where they can find you, your IG, YouTube. Of course, you said you got the OnlyFans. You're doing that exclusive stuff, too. So tell everybody how they can find you. So I'm Stephanie Tejada, aka the new queen of comedy. You can go to my website, stephanietejada.com, and see everything I have there. Or you just click the link in my bio of Instagram, which is Stephanie Tejada, uh, with two A's at the end. And click that link in my bio. You'll see all my social media, my OnlyFans. By the way, I'm not doing no explicit content on OnlyFans. It's like a fan club. <laughs> yeah, give that disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> no Okay, you might see some sexy photos, Maxim style, but you ain't going to see no nudity, not going to see no sexual nothing. A lot of uh, Freestyle Fridays, my talk show with Rachetta and Angie called The Sociopath and the Psychopath every Wednesday. See some covers from Rita Sinclair, the 50 jazz singer. Um, you get first looks at a lot of stuff that goes on my social media. I put it there first. Um, that's one of the perks. I have merchandise that you can only get from my OnlyFans. You can get roasted by me on there. You can get a rap song, a personal rap song. <laughs> and um, shop my store, y'all. Home of the hilarious and the look for less. The Queen's Closet Shop. That's thequeensclosetshop.com. So I want to add something else. So your your character, <laughs> the, the, little, the little old singer, the old lady, if she had to round out this episode, can you, like, say something in, like, her voice? Like, just anything, like, what she would want to tell the audience or how she would want to end the show. You know, she got the mic in front of her and the spotlight on her and she was on stage. How would she end everything? Or what would she say to entertain us? What would the old lady say? I say All right, let me, let me put in my old lady voice now. It's Abuelita. And I... 
I'm going to tell you something that I should have told my daughter. If he ain't going to put a ring on it, then don't put a condom on it. <laughs> don't sleep with him if he is not going to take you serious. You wait until that ring goes on your finger or else let him linger. <laughs> Granny. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even let you get it out. That is. <laughs> you heard it, Queen. So, you know, that's advice that we can take right now. So, <laughs> that's coming from wise ass pussy. Yes, wise ass pussy has spoken, y'all. So, make sure, <laughs> like, she gave you all her contact information. And, like I said, when I release this, I'm going to make sure that I repost. <laughs> the wise ass pussy video <laughs> when this comes out so when you guys need that laugh this is the episode for you thank you so much stephanie like i really i just like i said i appreciate you blessing this itty bitty podcast you know <laughs> i really appreciate it and thank you for making us laugh thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the q chat podcast this podcast is sponsored by queen's arrogance llc Our company website is www.goqueen.com.